Popcorn Poops is brought to you by Audible.com. Please visit audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops for a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of their subscription service. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download to listeners of Popcorn Poops along with a 30-day trial of their services. This week we're recommending Go the Fuck to Sleep by Adam Mansbach, narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. To download this or another audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash popcornpoops for your free audiobook. We are the Popcorn Poops. Hey everyone, and welcome to Popcorn Poops, the best married couple movie podcast slash commentary track hybrid audio program on the internet. My name is Dustin, and with me today is not Jessica. Actually, we've got our first guest poop, so to speak. Yay. Uh, this is this is Jessica's brother, Connor. So uh, he has somewhat of an online presence. So can you can you kind of give us a, a brief breakdown of what you do and, you know, why you do it, I guess? Oh, man. Well, um... I uh, I co-run a website with a, a few other talented individuals called twoplayermedia.com, mm-hmm. and it is a hub for geek media and entertainment. We do videos, we uh, I, I draw comics for the website, um, and we do uh, all, all around kinds of fun, geeky events. So, cool. Okay, yeah. so where can we find Two Player Media? You can find it at twoplayermedia.com. You can find me on Twitter at TheCondroid. Um, and you can find us on YouTube at www.youtube.com backslash two-player media tube. That's two-player media tube. Okay, excellent. Uh, so go check out the Contro- Condroid and two-player media, and uh, let's let's get on with the show. So this month our theme is Christmas movies or holiday movies, and my pick for this week's episode is Jeremiah S. Chechik's 1989 film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So if you're syncing this recording up to the movie... Go ahead and start the film, and then press pause as soon as the Warner Brothers vanity card completely fades to black. It's now time to start the movie, so sinkers, press play at the beep after the countdown. Ready? Three, two, one. And we are rolling. So, this is uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Yeah. Um, watching it this week, I've, I've discovered some new, like nitpicky little, like film criticism problems and whatnot with it. Like, I I feel like the movie kind of doesn't actually become a movie until like the last 30 minutes. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of hard to do with a National Lampoon movie anyway. They're all kind of like that, right? Like they're, it's just a series of sketches or, Mm. or skits, so to speak, jokes, you know, set up and gags, which, you know, a good comedy's got those, but a good movie should also have kind of a story to help set those into some kind of context I guess right right uh, I don't think this movie does it super well until like the, like the last 30 minutes is really like everything's causal like one thing right. leads to another which well, leads when to the, another when the chaos ensues exactly when, yeah. the, when the whole family gets there yeah. um, so of course I, I the director of this movie is someone that I wasn't really familiar with at all Jeremiah S. Chechik yeah I don't know who he is uh, I guess the m- other most notable thing he's done uh, was a little turd called The Avengers, but not not The Avengers like Marvel's The Avengers. Right, right. The Uma Thurman, uh, Ray Fine, 
Sean Connery. Did you see that thing? I've heard of it. It's uh, so bad. It is. It is so so bad. It's one of those like classically bad movies. Um, but yeah, he's. He. I think he did something last year with Ryan Quantin from hmm. True Blood that got no attention whatsoever. Okay, well, I can't even remember the title of the movie. Uh, I, I have a quick question here. Did, sure. did you ever find out who animated this opening sequence? No, I was. I was curious about that. I never actually did the research because I'm a. I'm a piece of shit, <laughs> uh, and uh, I never looked it up. But um, it's kind of a nice little opening sequence. It's I, not horribly animated. Like no, it looks it's, pretty. It's good. actually pretty clean. Some of the Santa Claus animations are. They're one to one. So, um, so yeah, and actually, 1989 a- appears to be a, a year for animated intros to films. Yeah, I think this was the third one this year. Um, I know that another one was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay, has yeah, and that yeah. was also 1989. And uh, what was the other one? I've got it. I've got it written down here somewhere in my notes. Um, Ah oh, man, I I'll find it later and I'll mention it. But yeah, I think it's three movies this that came out this year had animated intros. That's interesting. Uh, or animated tit- title sequences, as I, as I should say. Uh, th- there were only two Christmas themed movies that came out this year, and that okay. was this one, of course, and Prancer. I never saw Prancer. You never saw Prancer. I don't even know what Prancer is. It's about I think it's about a little girl who, fi- if I remember correctly, it's about a little girl who finds. Prancer, the reindeer, mm, yeah. and nurses him back to health, and she believes he's Prancer, but no one else believes he's Prancer until he proves to be Prancer. And Wait a minute. Like that. Wait a minute. Really I sh- think I remember being maybe real, I saw yeah, it. I think I remember it being real schmaltzy, like really, you know, over the top. But um, yeah, actually, interestingly, Johnny Galecki, who plays Rusty in wait, this movie, wait, the son. Wait, wait. Oh, this this, this joke scene. right here. <laughs> Take it, Russ. <laughs> oh, That's a great that. So this actor right here, Johnny Galecki, who plays his son Rusty, is actually in both movies. He's in Prancer and this movie. Okay. So it's Interesting. a Christmas thing. Um, He's a Christmas actor. He must be. <laughs> uh, I guess, do you, I'm not a fan of the show, but you, of course you know the show, The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. He's one of the guys on The Big Bang Theory. Which one? The one that he looks exactly like. <laughs> he hasn't changed at all in like 30 years. Uh, or 25 years or however long it's been. I mean, like when that show came out, I watched the first two seasons and then kind of dropped off. But I don't I don't really recognize him. Yeah, he's, he's the one. I would say he's the one with glasses, but... It, I mean, it's a it's a broad comedy about geeks. Don't they all have? Wait glasses? a minute, is he the main guy? I think he might be the main guy in that show. Maybe there's one That's there's weird. one guy called Sheldon. Sheldon, yeah. Okay, it's not him. It's okay. the other. How many are there? Four. Is it four dudes? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch that show. Uh, obviously. Yeah, there's like the there's the Indian guy, the Jewish guy, the the effeminate guy, and then hmm. and then the main guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this truck right here that they're having a bit of, of a road rage battle with <laughs> is actually the same uh, Dodge pickup that uh, that was used in uh, the movie Overboard with Kurt Russell. Do you know that movie with no, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? No, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's uh, about a, a Goldie Hawn plays some like this rich woman who falls off of a cruise ship or a yacht or something like that and gets amnesia and then she gets taken in by Kurt Russell who tricks her into thinking that they're married. Mm, it doesn't seem like a movie I'd want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those weird like 80s screwball comedies, but hmm. um yeah, the, his work truck in that movie is this same exact truck okay. that's that's messing with them on that's the road crazy. here. 
That was from 1987, so two years before this. Uh, but yeah, this this whole sequence right here is is a great way to start the movie. I love like all the little Chevy Chase isms, like yeah. his like the big bug eyes that he gets. God, and man, just... the, the the way he smiles and the way his eyes gets, I I don't know, man. He kind of has like this psychotic look to I, him. He's like... he's he's a psycho before he becomes a psycho in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, of course, toward the end of the movie, uh, there is a fantastic emotional breakdown. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest emotional it's breakdowns yeah. captured on film ever. And uh, yeah, like, like I believe that he's he's lost his mind at that point. But if you just watch the way he reacts to stuff up to that point, he's... he's I mean, uh, dude is underneath a semi truck right now. I mean, he made that that decision. <laughs> like, he can't he can't be too stable. Yeah, I just uh, well, I I love how his family already like no matter what happens, like they're already okay with whatever he does. Yeah. So like the the scene coming up where you know they they go flying off the the snowbank, and they're all just cool like yeah. right after, and they're like whatever. I guess they're just used to it. I guess. I guess, I I guess that's what it is. Uh, the, the 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 funny thing about oh my god, I just realized something. Huh. In Vegas Vacation, mm-hmm. which is the fourth movie in this in this franchise, Rusty is played by the guy who plays Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. What? Yeah. I think two of the guys on The Big Bang Theory both played the same character in, in vacation movies. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's I think that's right. That's crazy. What? That's weird, Random. right? <laughs> I want I wonder if maybe like some producer or some behind the the scenes guy like is friends with them and that's why i'm not sure does john did john hughes well of course john hughes is dead now but did he have anything to do with the big bang theory i have no idea man i couldn't tell you yeah john hughes wrote this movie and it's it's i guess it does kind of have that john hughes 80s Mm uh i guess it's a nostalgic kind of vibe to it yeah, I guess so. Like sometimes, every once in a while, a movie comes out, and you're like, "This, this is a brand new movie, but it feels nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about it." Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of like that. Yeah, like you a little bit. I, I think that's heavily due to the soundtrack, though. Oh yeah, well yeah, of course that's right. It, it does add a, a very unique atmosphere to the film. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this whole this whole bit right there with them with them finding the Christmas tree that's. Way too big. Way just, too big. Just way too big. And he is in complete denial throughout all of the Christmas tree sequences. Mm-hmm. And poor Juliette Lewis, who plays his daughter, just frozen. Her <laughs> eyelids are just... <laughs> She'll see it later, honey. Yeah. Her eyes are frozen. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> Blue. I think, I think all of the kids, in every single movie, I think the kids are always recast. But it's mm. always Chevy Chase and Beverly Dan- Dan- D'Angelo who play the Griswold couple. And I yeah. like them a lot as a couple. I think... Yeah. The- she, she's completely tolerant of his shit. <laughs> like, yes. And it works. <laughs> but she, I think she's totally funny in her own right, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's hard to do like in a Chevy Chase movie because Chevy Chase is Chevy Chase and I don't know he just from what I've heard about working with Chevy Chase he's a guy that tends to want to steal the show mm-hmm. and yeah. wants to be the center of attention and wants he's kind of, I guess he's kind of like a Bruce Willis in that way okay yeah I can see that um but yeah like I I think she definitely holds her own opposite mm-hmm. you know the Chevy Chase if you want to call him that, the Chevy, the the, the Chevy Chase. We just call him the cleft. I mean, can the cleft, <laughs> the, chin, cleft. the chin, 
the cereal bowl chin. <laughs> you can you pour milk in it and eat your Wheaties. <laughs> it shoots lasers. Did you know oh, that? Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. The yuppies. Oh, th- yes. The yuppie neighbors are one of my favorite one of my favorite elements of this movie. Of course, the the wife is played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, famously from, from Seinfeld, Seinfeld and yeah. more recently Veep. And she had a, a great little part in, a, in Arrested Development. She's, I yeah. guess she's really mostly just a TV actress, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's she's great. She Both of these the actors are really great. But this guy, uh, the guy who plays her husband, uh, what is his name? Nicholas Guest hasn't done a whole lot of stuff, but m- most recently he's done like additional voice actor work on like okay. Disney movies, like Frozen and mm-hmm. um, Tangled and and stuff like that. But he's pretty great too. Like he's got he's got the look right. He's yeah. Got, no, they. I mean, they they perfectly pull off the the yuppie neighbors like one hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah. This uh, <laughs> this tree is this just, stupid tree. It's so so big. And then his line, as soon as he cuts this rope right here, and he's he's stuck inside it. His line, just a lot of sap in here. A lot of sap. A lot, lot of sap. <laughs> and it leads to another great gag, which you know, a lot of the gags in this movie. I think that there's a nice balance between mm-hmm. gags that are the point of the scene, and then. Like in this case, right. the gag isn't the point of the scene. It's just kind of happening while they talk about what will end up being kind of the central conflict, which is you know both of their parents staying at their house over the holidays, yeah. which of course devolves into chaos. I'm actually curious, like what they put on his fingers to make it sticky here for this scene. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm not. Sure. I mean, I know that's kind of a weird question, but it it, it made me think. I'm like, what did they, did they just put like rubber cement on his thumb? Like, it's possible that the pages themselves are sticky because there's mm-hmm. a moment where where uh, I think her character's name is Ellen, where Ellen, uh, I think she just did it. She takes one of the pages that he tosses away, and mm-hmm. it sticks to her too. And she tries, and she kind of mm-hmm. she kind of throws it away. So it might be that the pages themselves are sticky, and maybe not his fingers to achieve this this insane special effect this star wars <laughs> level practical effect uh if you look closely in this and you can see the millennium falcon uh, <laughs> it's right by his thumb it's and real it, quick and if you'll notice the satellite dish on the millennium falcon has changed it has it yes, has it, for it, this it scene in particular that's right it's sacrilege <laughs> um yeah, the uh, the the People magazine that he's got right there is not actually a People magazine that oh, ever was gonna ask. that ever came out. It's uh, it's one of the the producer, I guess, of this movie is is on the cover. His name is Maddie Simmons. Hmm. He is either the film's producer or one of them. Well, it seems kind of vain to put yourself on People magazine. I guess. Why? Well, I don't know. If you're going to use People magazine, why not just use a use a People magazine? Yeah. Well, they had to get a special special sticky. People magazine for yeah. for this so <laughs> yeah but this uh, what a great way to end the scene <laughs> break, break <laughs> grabbing the her hair and breaking the lamp like they're just gonna sleep like this right like like I said before like somehow no matter how many windows get broken no ma- no matter how many crazy things happen the core family does not react to anything no they don't like cra- nothing crazy stuff happens and I think it's the audience's responsibility to react to them when mm-hmm. the family doesn't right because they I mean. I guess they do react in some way, but not to the level that they should. Mm-hmm. Because a- according to the scene where the Christmas tree opens up, all of the windows in their living room are broken. Are broken. 
a and, normal family would lose their shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's it's snowing outside, yeah, and it's really it's cold. really cold. <laughs> yeah, she was freezing earlier. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So somehow. Uh, in this scene and in other parts of the movie, the ADR uh, voice dubbing is really, really like noticeably terrible. I don't, I don't know why that mm. that is. I don't know if there was a, a noisy air conditioner and they couldn't capture good audio right here or what. But yeah, I, I, I noticed a couple times when I watched this before before we recorded um, that I, I thought maybe the video was out of sync. Oh a yeah, a couple times, and I was like, oh, and did I, did I? Up, did I like turn it on wrong? What no. happened? But no, it's, no, it's just bad ADR. Yeah. yeah, the um, interesting little little tidbit, a nugget of trivia, if you will. Uh, Clark is seen here drinking out of a Tasmanian devil mug, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess how many years, a couple of years after this, Miriam Flynn, who plays Catherine, one of the uh, Eddie's. Uh, wife uh-huh. that shows up later in the movie. She actually would go on to play the voice of Taz's mother in the cartoon Tasmania. Okay. Do you remember Tasmania? No, I don't, but it maybe it was a little bit before your it, time. It's possible. Just a little bit. Uh, I remember it, but I was never a huge fan. Actually, a fun tids- tidbit about uh, <laughs> Tisbiz. Tisbiz. Fun little Tisbiz. Uh, fun tidbit about Tasmanian devil mugs and Christmas. Uh oh. Um, Many years in a row. Oh, is this a, is this a I, Christmas story? Yes, All right, I right, received a Tasmanian Devil mug from the same person. Oh my god! Um, I've heard these stories, and I mean, she just every year her presents end up being like the before Christmas joke presents. Right, right. Because it was always like a McDonald's toy or something weird <laughs> like that. I, one time I got a Walmart gift card with her picture on it and no money on the gift card. Yeah. So it, it, it's very strange. But but yes, somehow Tasmanian Devil Mugs and Christmas, I don't collate here a little just, bit. <laughs> just assuming that she'll never listen to this. Right. <laughs> right. Probably never. I mean, while, while while we're talking about that, she she did give a similar wedding gift to, to oh, Jessica really? and I. Similar in that it sim- it was similarly tacky, I suppose. It was, was it just a bread maker, like a used bread. Maker? No, it was it was uh, it was a CD case, a jewel CD case of. Um, was it her daughter's wedding? Was it, was, it was. It was a CD containing photos from her daughter's wedding. Right. A uh, I guess a a school portrait of uh, Jessica's cousin. Oh. But the jewel case. Of course, the front case, like the insert, was removed, but the back insert wasn't, and it was from Mariah Carey's Butterfly CD. Awesome, <laughs> fantastic, and like it was just like written in Sharpie, was like "Happy Wedding," <laughs> like right on the jewel case. Oh, this scene right here, I love this scene where he just cannot, probably he, he just can't. Yeah, probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, his like Chevy Chase is like probably one of my favorite abilities of Chevy Chase as a comedic actor is his ability to misstep or or I guess Freudian Just slip fail. Yeah. yeah to to Freudian slip and say one thing and backtrack and say another thing but it's just so hilarious like his timing is is amazing mm-hmm. uh, I it, it's kind of a it's kind of a shame that his career didn't really pan out probably the way he wanted it to he kind of disappeared I I, yeah. I imagine it's because he's hard to work with. 
I I would say so. I mean, he was on Community for God most of most of it. Like, yeah, up until and recent he's, years, he's great on it. But and he was he was fantastic. He famously but, didn't get along with the showrunner Dan yeah. Harmon, uh, and there were some like. I think some public things that came out, like some public down drag out fights. Yeah. Public emails or like some recorded, you know, voice messages or something like that where they're cussing each other out. Something along those lines, something along the lines of like Christian Bale screaming at that dude on the set of Terminator (laughs) Salvation, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, that movie. Yeah. God, man. Yeah. Such a, such a movie that you would, you would throw that much of a fit over. Does it really garner that much passion? Like, right. Exactly. Oh, good for you! <laughs> like, man, we we made the live action Dumbo movie, and God, there was just this one time where our main actor was just an asshole for no reason. <laughs> but you know, for I mean, I, I guess he's justified because it it, it, it grossed you know two dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, audiences were real real big fans of the the racist crows. <laughs> so yet another Christmas movie where characters watch. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life within yep. the movie, the movie within the movie. I, I guess I've I've got to assume that the royalties or like whatever licensing that you have to pay for It's a Wonderful Life. It's got to be cheap. Six bucks. Six dollars. Six American. We can, we can play it on this show if That's you want. Right. <laughs> we probably could. We could get away with it. We're going to do christmas section and play a Christmas yeah. movie during our review of a Christmas movie. Maybe like 11 pesos, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have to pay in pesos. I'm not sure. Uh, but okay, so the the chaos has kind of yeah, already started. Uh, both sets of parents have arrived at the same time. How mm-hmm. perfect! Uh, and while these, I, I do really like all of these actors and actresses that play their parents. Uh, I, I think that my favorite of the old people that show up are is Aunt Bethany. Yes. Oh my God, Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis uh-huh. are are the best. <laughs> Um, oh, so yeah, like it's it, just all of the the realization that how bad the situation is going to be. Juliette Lewis talking to her mom about, you know, having to sleep with her brother. And eventually there's another scene where she talks to her mom about how, you know, she has nightmares about what he does in his bedroom by himself. Right. You know, right. much less what, <laughs> what, she, <laughs> what he does when, you know, she's in bed with him and Clark's here saying, you know, it's. This is it. This is what Christmas is all about, right? I've always wanted this. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted it. I think. I, I, lo- think. I love how he says that throughout the film. He's just like, "This is what I've always wanted. This is it. Everybody in one house." Yeah. I'm like, man, to have all your relatives in one house during Christmas time. God, that's got to be stressful. Yeah. I guess. I guess me and me and Jessica don't have that much of an extended family, so it's not. No, my my family is much more, I guess, localized and large. Mm-hmm. So every holiday, every reason that there is to have a family gathering at someone's house, there's like 30 people. Yeah. Just 30 people show up. You probably relate more to this than I do. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I this guess is, in a this way. This is just a funny movie my dad used to show us to be like, I did things like this. <laughs> yeah. This does seem like a movie your dad would oh, really like. Oh, he loves this movie. Um, the actually the the blue Chicago Bears hat or is it the Chicago Bears the hat that he's wearing mm-hmm. is it Chicago yeah, Bears it or Chicago a, Cubs it's Chicago Bears is it the Bears uh, it's the uh, Bears the Bears he wears that in Dick every Cat. single vacation movie does he every single one so there's a there's a there's a bit of continuity to these movies um, you know the child actors notwithstanding <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking as I'm as I'm watching them, you know, get out the Christmas lights, and we saw that that 
uh, in between a couple of scenes, they have this like big house where they open these little doors that show that it's like what mm-hmm. day of December it is, and it's all leading yeah, all the way a, to well, it's Christmas an advent Eve. calendar. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a big you know ornate advent calendar. I like how he with, looks around with no seat. chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> to, <laughs> to see, see if, if anyone... anybody noticed that he just slipped and fell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, actually, this uh, this shot coming up right here with Santa Claus on the television, this was our screenshot hint for this episode. It was. No one got it. Oh, I got it. I knew. You you, you watched me put I it up. I always know in advance, though. That's why I don't play the game. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no no one got it this time. So uh, Actually, someone did get next week's already, like within like minutes of me putting huh. it up. I was shocked. So, oh, wow. yeah, if you want to play our, our screenshot game, just uh, follow us on Twitter at Popcorn Poops or like us on Facebook, and we put it up there. Usually about a week and a half out from the episode, something yeah, like I'd that. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but what I was saying about them having the advent calendar, we saw that it's already at least December 14th. You'd think that with a guy that's so anal about Christmas. He would have had this down already. Yeah, he would have had the lights up before his before parents. Before the relatives Before the up? relatives showed up so he could impress everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, a little bit lacking in the verisimilitude department. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I know that whenever we do Christmas decorations at our house, it's always last minute. We always do that last minute. And then it stays up well into January. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to be fair, um, you are only one of three family members that are coming to stay with us here in Japan over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And you've been here for three weeks already, and yeah. we don't have the Christmas tree up at all. I mean, yeah, that's true. We don't even have we have it's a I mean it's Japan so not not a lot of Yuletide spirit floating around no, here in these whole, parts not a whole lot but uh, we do have like a little two foot two foot Christmas tree that we like to stack presents around until you around can't until you can't, can't see, see it tree. anymore yeah, exactly <laughs> um, and this Friday my brother and my cousin are coming in and we still don't have the tree up so I guess I I can we relate to this do movie that, like tonight <laughs> yeah probably as soon as we're done so I noticed something in this scene when when she's uh, skinning the carrot. She skins it down to the point where, like, she's just getting rid of carrot, and it bothers me as a chef. It's a little, uh, it's a, it's a small detail that, that you notice. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, I mean. Do you think it's a mistake, or do you think it's a comedic detail? I think it's probably just something they didn't really think about, to be honest. Really? Just skin the carrot, just go! You, you have, you just won't give them the benefit of the doubt? No. And say, oh, that's hilarious that she's peeling the carrot too much. No, that's a waste of carrot, man. Man, you're you're a very serious chef. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for a living. Yes, yes, you do. Um, so yeah, all of this stuff leading up to Clark's, I guess, um, uh, presentation, if you Man. can call it, and, and I empathize with the, his son. Yeah, I I know him. that situation well. Have uh, trying dad, to help his stop. dad. Stop! Yeah, it's like too much, too much already. Yeah, all this stuff leading up to his presentation is just i mean it's like a like all this like him falling off the roof and stuff this is all just straight slapstick yep like it's situational like it's like a sitcom like right. there's there's something that establishes it and there's a reason for it to happen there's context to it all but it's super super slapsticky and i don't know i mean do does it do anything for the movie in part two? i mean of course the the messing with the yuppies with Oh God, I love that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it does, but like, do the yuppies add anything to the movie beside gags? Do mm. they affect the story in any significant way? No, I can't even think of. I mean, 
No, see, because I'm trying to think of the part where the dog attacks her. Maybe that correlates with something, but it, it just doesn't. No, it, she she goes back home she and she punches her husband. Yeah, and she's pissed off. And like, then that's, that's it. The the police like it's it's just one thing after another. It's just his existence being a the, nuisance. Yeah, to them. right. Yeah. Is the bane of theirs, right? Yeah. Um, and I love how they just can't figure this out at all. It's like it's like one of those riddles where like, where you say there's a there's a room with no doors and no windows. And a dead man hanging from a noose and a puddle of water below him. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaking out because their stereo is busted to pieces and everything is soaked and their window is broken. Only a small portion of their window, though. Like, what other scenario could that be besides a giant icicle? I don't know. There's so much damage that is done to the house and the surroundings. To both houses throughout this movie. Like thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I I mean, I guess we're meant to assume that he's already replaced the windows in the living room. Right, right. And then when he uh, when he cuts down the second Christmas tree, it goes right through their window. So throughout this movie, he's broken two of their windows. And then the SWAT team comes in and breaks every th- window. Th- breaks every, every window, window in the house. Yeah. And oh, I, I, and the, the the scene coming up in a little bit where he's in the attic and, and the he, ceiling he puts a hole in his son's room, <laughs> puts like, a, a hole through the ceiling of his son's room where his I guess his father-in-law is sleeping. Right, I guess he doesn't care that much. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could get a, a contractor to sit down with me and watch this and be like, how much how much damage is this? I mean, dude, I've put small holes in the walls and stuff accidentally in in a house and. It's like $200 to get shit like that oh fixed. So can you imagine a ceiling, especially one like connected to an attic? I couldn't imagine a window. Oh, yeah. Oh, windows are super expensive. His father-in-law hates him so much. For no particular reason that I'm aware of. I like, mean, he's he's kind of a I, I mean, yeah, he's a doofus and a screw-up, but he's not a mean person. No, and he's a good dad, I think, yeah. and he's a good husband and he certainly means well. Right. But I mean, his parents are super sweet. I don't know. I think that that says, I think that says more about um, his wife or his wife's family, right? Uh, that she grew up in a house with parents that probably had very, very high standards for her, right. or something like that. And she didn't marry the right man, in their opinion, I guess. But his dad is so sweet. His right? dad and mom, they're like yeah, sweet, s- super loving, and they're like, I, I mean, super supportive. How and could everything? a bad kid come from that? You know what I mean? Yeah. He totally means well, and even his kids are super sweet. And like, any really parent, nice any parents that that sculpted that chin, uh, man, I'm, <laughs> you can't you can't tell on radio, but because I'm, a, I'm a, doing a, the Italian a chef gesture. A chisel in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna sculpt your child's chin now. Lasers, man. Lasers. Lasers. I'm standing by it. Lasers. Lasers out the chin. So it's been uh, how long has it been? So 89. <clears throat> so it's been 25 years. This wow. movie is 25 years old. Wow. Man, the difference that 25 years makes, because Chevy Chase looks, he's looking Rough. old. He's looking like an old man. Yeah. But he's still funny, and he still acts like Chevy Chase. Yeah. it's, it's it, He hasn't lost it at all. I'm really think, I really am thankful for Community, like kind of boosting mm-hmm. his career again, because I, I would have been really sad if we would, weren't you see able that? to see she, she touches his chin. Oh, she she kissed her finger and then touched... And then to put it in the crevice put of it his the, chin. Yeah, that's right. Wiggle, wiggle. Be careful, Ellen. There are lasers there. Be careful. Uh, is this... Is this is his dad reading, like, a porno mag? I, that's what I thought when I watched this. I guess he's reading a porno mag next to his wife in bed. 
with a flashlight. Well, it, it, oh no, it, he wasn't. They're sleeping in. No, no, it's a. It's like a girls' teenage. Oh, okay. teenager magazine or something. I was about to say because there, there's parallels between the grandparents because the wives are both asleep, and then uh, her uh, Ellen's uh, father is staring up at the naughty poster above the boy's bed. Yes, which Chevy Chase eventually busts through. So yeah, I wonder what he does with cuz his bed right here is He's just smiling. Is where, <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Uh where he's sleeping right now is where uh Chevy Chase where Clark will fall through the ceiling. Yep. Uh in a little bit. Also the ceiling is much much higher above the bed in the scene than it actually is. Yes, it is. In the moment when he falls through. That fake ass moon. That man, that's a that is an evil dead moon if I've ever seen one. Right. Right. This this whole scene is he like superimposed on a painting? I mean, I can. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's all that background was the, the moon at least was a, a big map painting I'm sure. Mm. But yeah, the whole the whole neighborhood is on uh, some back lot at Warner Brothers Studios I'm sure. Probably very near to the the um, what's it called the courthouse the courthouse square from Gremlins and Back to the Future that we talked right, about last right. week. Man, God, you'd think like after a wallop to the head like that he'd need to go to the hospital like he just got whacked in the head by a ladder that's yeah. hospital worthy he's probably got a concussion that's comedy man that's slapstick that's that's slapstick endurance <laughs> Immort- the funniest I, men can take yeah, the most I, hits i think we call it immortality <laughs> i guess so the best comedy comes from just complete imperviousness physical yeah, imperviousness. he just can't die and I, I unless love- of course you're a bad guy like in home alone right and then Oh, actually, I read an article about Home Alone the other day uh, where some doctor analyzed all of the, or like he broke down all oh, of man. the the physical damage, oh, like the injuries. They would be dead like eight times over. That Marvin Harry take. Yeah, he said that that if they if they didn't die from some of the stuff that happened to them, they would have like permanent brain damage and like they wouldn't be able to use their hands anymore they'd be crippled and stuff like that like ridiculous stuff which you know of course so what we what we just saw him picking up a mother's day present out of out of the attic what year was it 1954 what yeah 1950 oh no i i I think i think that's uh the 50s one is going to be on the uh the reel i think it actually said 80 one did it is that right because i think that there was a there's some tie-in to oh 83 that's right it says happy mother's day 1983 love clark because the first vacation movie it's a nod to the first movie which came out in 1983 Mm. um but yeah there is when he starts pulling out the the reels of film one of them says like christmas 59 or something on it and Mm. there's a there's a a a reference to something else in that Uh, actually we talked about this neighborhood a second ago um the house, uh, the house front from Bewitched and the New Gidget movies from 1964 and 1986, uh, respectively, uh, appears in the the home movie that Clark is going to watch up here in the attic. But yeah. Hmm. Um, actually, when he finds after he yells out the window for them to wait, and they don't, and then he gets into the into the costume chest i guess if that's what it is yeah and puts on like like old lady clothes 40s old lady clothes yeah. somehow yeah i don't know yeah after he does that he's going to find the 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 film reels right uh and like i said uh one of them says uh what is it xmas 59 mm. so this movie is actually based on john hughes short story christmas 59 which was uh the second vacation story to be published in national lampoon's magazine 
Oh, okay. The first one was actually Vacation 58. That's the first short story, which was the basis for the first Vacation movie. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, the Christmas story uh, by John Hughes was printed on in December of 1980. And, of course, when he pulls out the, uh, the film reel, it's going to say it's going to be labeled Xmas 59. So that's a... Uh, that's a fun tidbit. That's a little fun, fun little tidbit there. Are those pinatas hanging up? Uh, they're pinatas. Yeah, they're de- just definitely. And an Easter basket. And an, e- an Easter basket. Well, the the Easter egg is the pinata. That's it's it's an Easter egg pinata. I've never seen one of those before, but I guess people have. That's what we call cross culturalism. Yeah, cross cultural birthday party Easter parties. I don't know. Yeah, something like when is there an Easter situation where you've got a bunch of kids standing around whacking. Something I just like I just suddenly had that had the hope that the uh, the fur that he wrapped around him would come to life like like the one in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now he's wearing like these long pink gloves and uh, some kind of mink uh, shawl and a turban. It's like a lady. I'm sure turban. there's a, a very specific name for that type of hat, but yeah, okay. but it's very it's a turban style. This is yeah, this is probably the most. The most schmaltzy the movie gets. I guess, but his faces he make throughout it kind of break that for me because he's he's half crying, goofy, half smiling. Yeah. Like can't he, he can't restrain himself. Psychotic Chevy Chase smile. That's what it is, and his eyes get wide. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right about that. I feel like he's reacting to stuff that might not actually be happening in the movie he's watching. Right. He's probably not watching it. It's probably superimposed. Yeah, so so maybe maybe this little bit was supposed to be funnier than it is, but instead they decided to make it sweet. I don't know. I'm so not sure, but he's he cries and then smiles and then bigger smile, crying and, and smiling and wide eyed. No, oh, what's that? What's going on? Uncle Lewis brought some. Presents. He smacks his hand. No. Yeah, this um. So I don't know who sings this song, but. This is probably. Does the movie get sweeter than this? And it feels like this doesn't really add anything to the movie. Yeah. Okay. No, I take that back. There is a scene later in the movie where Chevy Chase, uh, Chevy Chase's father, or rather Clark's father, gives him. Um, yeah, this look right here. The crazy wide eyes. The crazy just wide eyes. Holding like, it, and then the smile, the eyebrow raise. And... Like he's seeing something weird that he didn't expect to see. It's like he's almost he's almost giving like an aroused look. Like that's that's oh what I'm goodness. getting. <laughs> that's what I'm getting from it. But that's a that's a good that's a good uh, punchline, I guess, to that setup. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like a lot of that stuff. Like I said, none of this stuff really adds to the movie or is causal in any way like if that scene led to a scene where then they had to take him to the hospital and then hijinks ensue in the hospital which then ends up following them back in the house gurney rolling away oh no national lampoon something like that then then you would have a real kind of cause and effect structure that is is what good screenplays should aspire to i think instead we spend half the movie with him trying to get the lights working on the house that's true and I, not it's not to say that i don't still really like this movie right it's, no it's, no it's it's a fun movie there's there's it's a it's a it's a great movie full of christmas themed sketch comedy bits yeah and yeah. then like 30 minutes of an actual movie kind of just dispersed throughout the film yeah well i think that actually the last 30 minutes like once yeah once once cousin eddie gets there and once it's established once i guess uh 
once Christmas dinner starts mm-hmm. and you've got like the thing with the cat and the turkey and the yeah right yeah. The, the turkey and then the cat happens and then you know the cat the leads to them yeah exactly taking yeah. the chair outside and then when the chair is outside they can smell the gas there's the, there's cause and effect for just about everything in the last half hour exactly but all of this stuff is just kind of loosely disconnected like sketch right. comedy I think right and it all it's all happening of course in the same time like temporally like it all right. makes sense but it's not i don't know like it's i guess by the by the standards or i i guess um not the standards what would you call it the uh uh conventions of good screenwriting you wouldn't maybe call this a <clears throat> a good movie <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, Okay, but I think Christmas movies, in their own right, have their own subsection of that. Where this is a good Christmas movie. Okay, sure, and and we can qualify it. Right, we can qualify it. I don't think I've ever seen a Christmas movie that's up to par with like great films I've seen. I mean, I mean, it would some like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and stuff like that, and. You know, I think a, the adapt, there are good adaptations of A Christmas Carol, um, right. one of which we're doing next week, of course. Um, I guess I guess some of the older black and white Christmas films I've seen are, like, memorable, like, movies that have actual film structure to them. Yeah, exactly. But. Like, this, this, is a, this is a lot of things. A lot of good things are in this movie. I think it's a funny movie. Yes. I think it's a movie with good comedic performances. Mm-hmm. I think that there are many great moments in this movie. But as far as, like, a story from beginning to end, I don't think it's a very good story. Right. And, it, and even the once it gets to the, to the story part... The film ends so quickly at that point. Like you, you're watching that, and you're starting to get engrossed in it at this point, and then it just kind of ends. Mm-hmm. This movie abruptly ends, and I forgot about that. How quickly it's just like the end. It's well, it's a Christmas movie, and we never actually see Christmas. Yeah, it never happens. It ends on Christmas Eve. That's yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that's isn't that nobody crazy? opens presents. No like, one opens presents. Oh There's wow, some... I didn't really think about that. Yeah. That's that's pretty it's nuts. All about these damn lights. <laughs> it is. That's it is. It feels like half the movie, doesn't it? I'm um, sorry. Apples are not in season right now. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, that bush is three quarters of a of an inch over to the left, and it should be. It's not symmetrical with the other bush. I love all the slapsticky stuff that's happening with the neighbors next door. Like as the lights mm-hmm. are coming on and coming off, and they're tripping all it's over themselves, destroying them. And, and once he finally gets the lights on, like the final shot that we get inside the neighbor's house is is Julia Louis Dreyfus weeping, weeping, and scrubbing the floor, screaming, "My carpet!" <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad for them too. But it's kind of. It's kind of hard to feel bad for them because they seem like they're dicks. But, sure. No, they're maybe, dickheads for but, sure. But maybe they're not. Maybe they just enjoy fine wines and cheeses. Well, <laughs> well, Clark definitely doesn't like them either because he yeah. comes home with that big tree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, what is it that Todd says? The, the male where, neighbor. Where are you going to fit that? How's that going to get in your house? Right. And, and Clark says, bend over and I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you talk to me that way? I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Uh, that See was, that's, that's good. That's that scene. that's that yeah. unexpected stuff where like, you know, it's a good comeback, but then he makes it even better. Oh, it's a that's that's a great moment. <laughs> I do like their house though. I do too. It's it's, it's kind of it's kind of modern. Super and, modern. Yeah. 
What kind of stereo was that? that I don't Clark know, wrote? but it was cool. It looked and like for a the PlayStation 90s, Four. Yeah, it looked expensive. <laughs> yeah, expensive. They must make good money. The thing that's that's kind of weird to me about the yuppies that live next door is that why are they in this neighborhood? Thank you. Right? Why are they? Why do they live here? Why don't they live in like in a, in a penthouse in New York or I something have like no that? No idea. It's, what jobs do they have that they're yuppies in this neighborhood? It kind of yeah. seems like a very family-oriented neighborhood. Like they they don't have kids. They drink wine with yeah. dinner. They go jogging in 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 like matching sweatsuits, you know, sweatsuits, windbreaker yeah. suits, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems it seems strange that they would be in this neighborhood at all. And having having the neighbors that they do, they are just completely mentally and physically broken by the end of this film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, it's definitely this neighborhood seems like to that kind of personality seems kind of toxic, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you would, you would. That's the opposite of what you would ever want, besides like living in poverty or something. But yeah. you know, even then, like I feel like yuppies like that would probably prefer a bohemian lifestyle to yeah. a suburban lifestyle. Right. Now, I I love this how how these characters are just kind of thrown in there for the introduction. That's like right. He's doing his thing, and then he's like. Wait, what the fuck? What are you doing here? So it's it's of course Randy Quaid right. uh, plays cousin Eddie. So I I, I I suppose that he is Clark's cousin um, because that's you know he's I think he's even credited as cousin Eddie. Yeah, but it's never established. Like I I would assume that it's Clark's cousin specifically and not Ellen's. Which would mean that he is the son of either the brother or the sister but of I, I never Clark's really got, mother or father. Right. I never got clarified on that subject while watching it, the movie. It doesn't feel like for, for someone who is ostensibly the nephew of one of the old people that are here, mm-hmm. you never get a feeling for like a relationship between him or any of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. He, it's, it's He's hard to place. Like you can't really – he's just Eddie. I guess this is just the the crazy trailer RV ridden redneck family member that yeah. everyone might have. I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a shame that like he's he's one of the best things about this movie. His performance yes. is amazing and he's hilarious. But uh and and again like I was talking about how well uh uh Beverly D'Angelo stands up to you know, stands next to Chevy Chevy Chase and like his comedic antics. But mm-hmm. I think Randy Quaid does just as well. Like yeah. he's, oh yeah, he he can go toe to toe comedically with with Chevy Chase in this movie. He, he does a great job, uh, but it is unfortunate that, that the sequel to this movie. Have you seen the sequel to this movie? What? There's a sequel. I haven't seen it, but it is notoriously terrible. Like that's that's the word oh. on the street. Uh, it's called what is it? Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Two, uh, Cousin Eddie's Island adventure or something like that oh my god that sounds like a bad video game sequel (laughs) right cousin eddie's island adventure for for playstation 2 fuck you (laughs) like it sounds it sounds like one of those weird license game for like nes that came out on the weird shaped cartridges yeah (laughs) is this licensed by nintendo uh jalesco uh it's close enough sounds like nintendo uh, yeah, back when they used to make video games out of everything. Everything. You think there was a vacation movie or a vacation video game? Probably. In fact, I would I would bet hard money on I, it. I probably would too. I mean, there was a Wayne's World video game. Yeah, there was a Beavis and Butthead video game too. There was a Home Improvement video game. There was, and it was a dinosaur game. 
That's right. That's right. He's like on the set of he, a dinosaur show. Is it or does he go back and I don't know? Okay, this the this little fan thing. Yes. The scene coming up where he touches it and it falls to falls apart. That's not a joke. Is it? Is Those <laughs> things do that. Oh really? Like, I'm dead serious. I've never like, seen one in real life. We had one when I was growing up, and I remember. I fucking broke it. <laughs> like I destroyed it, and I don't. Did you just touch it and it I fell apart? I think it was just going, and I'm like, "That's cool." Fweep, crash. You just did the exact same thing, yeah. that Cousin Eddie did. And I remember, I remember seeing this movie when I was old enough to uh, to like understand it and be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I did that." So I don't, I don't know the order of these movies. I think is is that is that is it? It's Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Vegas, Vegas vacation? vacation, and then European vacation, or is European? No, before? I think European is. I is kind of feel like Europeans even before this movie. Oh, it might be. It might be because oh, okay. So the first one's eighty three. This one's eighty nine. European vacation has to be number two. Yeah, I would. I would think so. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the correct chronology. Uh, anyway, I was saying that to say that <clears throat> uh, Rocky, cousin Eddie's son Rocky, great name. Mm-hmm. His, his daughter's name is Ruby Sue. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Rocky actually doesn't have any speaking lines in this entire no. movie, um, which makes it. Oh my god, it's a great moment. <laughs> it's like whatever. Which makes it painfully obvious that he was cast just because he looks the way he does. Mm-hmm. I mean that with that mullet, the mullet, and the the stare he does. He oh yeah, the cold, thou, thousand yard stare, cold dead eyes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he is the complete package, so yeah. to speak. Um, but he's actually wearing a a Las Vegas shirt. Interesting. Uh, and that's interesting because uh, footage from this film appears in the film Rocky Five from 1990. That's the, that's not the reason it's interesting. Also, mm. the next film in the series is kind of coincidental. Vacation. Yeah. So yeah. Now, cousin Eddie's in Vegas Vacation too, isn't he? Um. Yeah. I think like I feel like he shows up. Does he? Does he? I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen Man, all I, of these movies. I can't remember. Mm. Maybe he does. I don't know the the ones that I know really well are the first one and this one. Yeah. I don't know European Vacation that well, and I don't know Vegas Vacation all that well. Now, now, just a moment ago, he was he was like, Eddie, can I get you anything? Can I get you some more eggnog? Maybe something to eat? A quick death or something? Like <laughs> or what? A, a quick leave death you, out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> leave you in a ditch to, to and leave you for dead or something? Drag you out in the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead? <laughs> like, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, oh, the the glasses that they were drinking out of. Did you see those the moose glasses? The moose. Do you know what those are from? Uh-uh. They're from they're from Wally World from the first movie. Oh shit! That's the mascot from the first movie. Is the the Wally the moose thing? Okay. Yeah. So nice we, little callback there. We didn't talk. To, we didn't talk about uh, uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who plays Mister Shirley. Um, okay. Of course, he is a stalwart of '80s movies and '90s mm-hmm. movies, uh, and also the brother of Bill Murray. Indeed, and kind of kind of looks like him too. He does. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, he straight up looks like Bill Murray. But he's got a totally different like I. He's funny. Like I think he's funny. He's a, like he would be a great voice actor. He's probably done voice work. Yeah, probably. I'd be surprised if he hasn't. Um, but yeah, he's he's just kind of been that actor that's always been around and doing stuff, but never been quite as successful as his yeah. brother. 
Not quite as funny as his brother, but I mean, funny I enough. I would make a parallel to Jim Belushi. Uh, that's unfair to but that's, that's unfair to Brian Doyle. Murphy. Yeah, he's better. Is. He's better it than is. Jim like, Belushi. That's, that's the problem. Is I'm like you could kind of make that if you because because I'm sure more people are familiar with Jim Belushi for no particular reason otherwise uh, than from the from the TV show. What was bad. the what was it? The King of Queens or was that Kevin was James? Uh, I don't know. I think that's Kevin James. I don't know. It's one of those terrible. Oh, the, the according to Jim, the world according to Jim. Is that right? I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about. How it. many <laughs> sh- man? How many shitty sitcoms are we going to talk about on this I episode? Don't know, but uh, how how many how many sitcoms came out in the late eighties, early nineties, Dustin? Yeah, I guess that's true. And then, I mean, a lot of these people ended up going on to be on sitcoms, yeah. Chevy Chase included. Imagine that. Yeah, eventually. Very very late in his career, but he was probably you know, like, "I need work." <laughs> yeah, you've got, you've got. Wow, did Juliet was Juliet Lewis on a sitcom or a TV show? Mm, I feel like maybe she was. Maybe she's God, like all of these. She's done a bunch of movies, of course. Yeah, but of course you've got his son Rusty, who ended mm-hmm. up on on Big Bang Theory. And now now that I look at the kid, he is the main character from Big Bang. Definitely, Theory. definitely, definitely. Okay, one hundred percent. Yeah, what I've seen of that show, it's just I don't know. It's I'm kind of a self-proclaimed nerd. I like nerdy things, but that show just rings as really mean-spirited the, to me. Well, the fir- the first two seasons are cute and charming, and they have an air about them that allow it to be accessible for people who aren't into nerd and geek culture. Right. But then the jokes just start getting real specific and real harsh, uh, and yeah, that's I when can't. it drops off. I can't it's, handle that. People, like people are like, "Oh, it gets better as you watch it," and I'm like, "No, it it really doesn't." God, that right there, that scene. The, the sh- <laughs> he just shoots like a rocket. He's got this saucer sled that he's put this this what what is what does he say? It's like seven hundred times it's, more it's slick some silicon based uh, lubricant, lubricant, cooking lubricant cooking or lubricant something. That is, he says five thousand times slipperier oh. than any oil surface. <laughs> And uh, and obviously so because he goes far enough to go through the woods, through a couple snowbanks, through a shed, and into a Walmart, <laughs> which they end up in later. Do you, I mean, like maybe it's just me. Maybe Lack I just maybe sets? I just. Well, I don't know about that. But what I was what I was going to say is that I don't recall seeing Walmart in a bunch of movies. Mm, Despite being the number one retailer worldwide, I, I feel like the Walmart doesn't show up in movies very often. It really, it really doesn't that I'm unless, aware of. Unless it's like that Natalie Portman movie where she has a baby in a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Was that Garden State? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the one where Zach Braff gives birth in a Walmart. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> or rather, after birth onto cellular. Oh. I'm sorry, that oh, that no. was too far. Uh, yeah, that, that's weird though because in this movie he ends up in the in the Walmart parking lot, and then later in the movie that's where he and Eddie are shopping when mm-hmm. he tells Eddie that he wants to give his kids like a good Christmas where and help them out. Piling dog food in the cart. Yeah, can't afford presents for his own kids, but he but buys he like four bags of all the dog food. Those bags of dog food are like fifty bucks each or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, that's the joke. That goes to tell you, like, what kind of a... What his priorities are exactly, as a father. what a shitty person he is. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing is, like, he does that, but you don't really get that vibe from him too much. I mean, you get the fact that he's kind of spacey and neglectful, but he doesn't seem like he'd be a like asshole to his kids. Mm. But, I, I mean, I guess he just doesn't feed them and just feeds the dog. 
Oh man, I I didn't mention it when when the scene was uh when the scene was happening with Brian Doyle Murray, but uh the did you notice that the present that Clark gives him is the same shape as every all present. of the presents on the credenza, yeah. <laughs> which makes me wonder what it is. So this um this scene. no this this is great, but the scene that we just missed uh. Clark's coworker Bill comes into Clark's office, and Clark is obviously worried about the bonus, the yeah. Christmas bonus, that is, whether or not it's going to come on time or at all. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but Bill says that the company messenger brought something to his house, but he's not sure what it is yet. And like the the central conflict, or Clark's central cl- conflict in this movie, is getting this pool pool, which he's fantasizing about right now, which only shows up like. It, it recently, really, yeah, like he doesn't he, really talk about it too much, except the one, the one office scene. So he talks about it in yeah. the office, and then it comes back up in in the office, in the office, yeah, and then eventually it comes into that and it last becomes thirty part minutes of the right. part of the movie. So that's really, really starting right here. Yeah, that's that's really the 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 central conflict for Clark. But I'm 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 they don't really address it in the movie. Why is he so concerned with getting his bonus to put in a pool in the middle of winter? Yeah, and he says he's already got the foundation like messed with or checked out or something. something. Like it's already. I mean, wouldn't the ground be hard and and there is diggable? Well, there is a line that he says. It's kind of a throwaway line where he says that I want it to be ready to go when the ground thaws in the spring or something. Hmm. But it seems I don't know. it, It seems like something that. Maybe I'm just an irresponsible person, <laughs> and I plan things last minute. But it seems like something that you wouldn't really be thinking about around Christmas time right, when there's right. snow on the ground. You um, gotta get a pool. But this this scene right here obviously is an homage to Phoebe Cates' famous scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and of course, last week we did Gremlins, which also co-starred Phoebe Cates. Yeah, the one of two movies I know her from. Yeah, I, what else is she? <laughs> Fast times at Ridgemont High. Fast I mean, times and Gremlins. <laughs> give me something else. Uh, but yeah, even I guess in the in Fast Times she had a, a red bikini on, mm-hmm. uh, and then but the the woman the Mary character from the department store that appears in his pool fantasy is wearing is, a red. Yeah, it's still red, thing. but it's a red one piece. Now who who's who's watching her in that scene in Fast Times? That's a. Uh, is it it's Judge, Judge Reinhold, Reinhold who's it? also in Gremlins? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's for like two seconds. I, yeah, like three scenes, yeah. and they established like we talked like a about rivalry, and exactly, then it's not there. Exactly. Yeah. Like we we talked about all that stuff last week, but yeah, yeah, that's that movie's got some problems too. Yeah, I I certainly prefer this as a Christmas movie over Gremlins. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Gr- Gremlins is it's more of just a slapstick slapstick comedy to me that's it's, not very funny no it's like there aren't i don't know the flash dance scene gets me every time there aren't any great comedic performances in it though no. there aren't any great comedians the i don't think cool. in it the puppets look great yeah <laughs> mo- mean, mostly the, cli- the claymation scene was was pretty well yeah shot. it's pretty cool like you can in the in the age of you know cg you can appreciate that on a certain yeah. level i think yeah but now, now this, we're talking about last week's movie yeah. this is this is where you really kind of get the impression that Eddie's maybe not a good dad. Maybe a sack of shit. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, maybe he a, said Santa Claus doesn't doesn't come around to them anymore. Confirmed bag of donkey dicks. Yeah. That's what. That's what cousin. Eddie I mean, is. I, I guess in retrospect, because I, you know, I was thinking like, you know, some of the scenes he he kind of doesn't seem that bad of a guy, but <coughs> man, she looks sad. She looks upset that Santa Claus isn't coming. 
when she comes in, when I was a kid and I watched this movie, uh, him fantasizing about the woman outside and then Ruby Sue coming in and mm-hmm. him turning around and seeing her uh, wasn't anything particular to me. I was like, oh, she got him looking out the window being weird and mm-hmm. seeing stuff that's not there. Yeah. And then when I watch this now and he turns around and sees her there, I'm like, hide your boner, dude. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, does he have, does he have a rager right now? Is he pitching a tent? And he's like, um, he's wearing like, jammies in a bathrobe like that's the right most unconcealable clothing imagine exactly Lo- loose clothing no nah, that's the no. worst chevy chevy put it away <laughs> there are children present so this uh the actress here uh ellen hamilton latson uh was measured and fitted for a wig because she had a short pixie haircut that they felt was inappropriate for her, her character of ruby sue i don't know so they, yeah, well, that's what they fitted her with. And a pixie haircut? I don't know. Like for a redneck? It kind of seems like it'd be okay. Maybe. I mean, it's a little girl for Christ's sake. I mean, you can't. Okay, pixie haircut in 89. Yeah, I guess. I don't I don't think would work as well as maybe as it, as it would work today for like a redneck character. I think you can totally get away with it today. Yeah. But I think that that kind of, it's obvious that they fitted her for a wig because they actually cast her to play a role yeah she it, has speaking parts. she has speaking parts as opposed to Her the ca- casting of rocky who may very well have walked into the audition room with a mullet yeah may very well have this walked onto the little set kid wearing his own clothes <laughs> like just take him to the set right now he's, he's, he's fine no makeup no it's, right, just it's leave good. him we we need him to look a little greasy oh god oh this this moment right here uh. Merry Christmas, shitter was full. That's a that's a classic line. Isn't that doesn't your dad say that? Maybe. I think I've heard your dad say that around I Christmas. Know. I know he loves this movie with with particular love and admiration more than most oh, Christmas movies. Oh god, so gross. Yeah. Oh, uh, but the 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 tuba version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> it's it's a uh, pretty much perfect the brand he walks out and he smells, smells it, it immediately and walks right back in <laughs> Merry Christmas Shitter was full gone oh that's great uh, so the brand of beer that Eddie is drinking uh, is a Meisterbrow 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 so it sounds like a good beer that I could it's enjoy it's probably a very good beer mm. uh, do you have you ever have you ever had longer? have you ever had that beer before? No, never. I, I I'm gonna I be honest. I'm a beer lover. I've never heard of that it brew before. It may not exist since this is a movie. I think it exists. Really? I think it exists because this little piece of trivia was on IMDb, and uh, we all know that IMDb is the best source. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I've, Wikipedia. I've said I, I've actually said that a few times while doing this podcast. Is that the more I read IMDb trivia, the more I'm like, that's straight bullshit. That's not real. Did you know that the Gremlins and the Gremlins movie were actually made out of real reptiles? <laughs> what? $20,000 in iguana arm. Okay, so they're definitely at Walmart, right? Yes. You can Ab- see the Absolutely. Walmart. You can see the price, the price tags are Walmart price tags. Which, that is the number font they use. Which it means that Walmart hasn't changed their lab- their their signage. It means that they produced this film. <laughs> <laughs> they may have. Walmart has not changed their signage in at least 25 years. Nope. It's just a... 
Walmart is a time capsule of, of I don't know, of, I don't know of what. Okay, so the bags of dog food are only ten bucks a pop. So that's oh, okay. That's not bad. You know, it's like forty-seven dollars. He's he's spent on something that's not his, yeah on on the dog, on snot. Yeah, but I mean, you get you, you gotta give him Purina. <laughs> it's a full yeah. bread. It's a full bread Rottweiler. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep it. You gotta, you gotta take care it, of that man. Gotta you gotta protect it. that coat. Yeah, that, that shiny coat. Shiny snot covered co- coat. Yeah, coated with snot and Somehow. matted with with sinus fluid. How does the dog sneeze on its back? I've wondered that since I saw that scene. He just sneezes and all of a sudden, some coated. some kind of science. I'm not sure. Um, I love how he in this scene Eddie just has the Christmas list ready to go. Oh yeah, I wasn't expecting you'd do this, but well, we're on the subject. <laughs> here you I go. Have Here's here everything. This my dirty kids piece want. of toilet paper with everything <laughs> written on it. Don't mind the other side. It's got a you know one of them them streak marks. <laughs> I, l- I love the cracking sounds as he hugs him. Like oh, yeah. the fake cracking little <laughs> details and stuff like that. Oh my god, there are Cabbage Patch Kids in the background. Oh, Thirty one ninety seven for a Cabbage oh. Patch Kid. Is that a fair price? I mean, I would never pay thirty to forty dollars for a doll in any situation. Didn't someone? Didn't people die over those things? People die around Christmas every year, Dustin. Yes, I I know, but like it's tr- usually for a Westinghouse television. No. <laughs> They just trample each other for yeah. stuff. Oh, dude, this this is where the movie gets good. I love Aunt B. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are close, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if her voice sounds familiar to you or not. Um, do you know what she is? What this actress is probably most famous for? Mm. So uh, her her name is May Questel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her film career began in 1930 as the voice of Betty Boop. Oh my God! Okay, Hol- holy shit! Right? Mind blow! Holy shit! Right? She's great though. She's, She's fantastic. Both of them, both both the aunt and uncle, are the best characters in this movie. One of my favorite film performances of dementia. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ever. Um, actually, there was a there was a little throwaway line that I wanted to comment on when uh, when shopping with with Clark. Eddie asks Clark if it was his company that killed all those people in India. Did you hear that line? Whoa! It's actually he's actually referring to the Bhopal disaster, also known as the Union Carbide disaster, in which leaks from a Union Carbide pesticide plant escaped into the air and thousands of people died, and many more were you know sickened. Oh my God! Yeah. That's awful. I don't know when it happened though. I just I read that online. <laughs> what what a, a random callback to a horrible event to yeah, make a exactly. joke about in a Christmas film. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> Merry Christmas. How about that Chernobyl? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so in the, during the scene uh, when they they filmed the uh, the, <laughs> the entrance. Cat. Oh my god. <laughs> The cat moving around in the box, it has to be like a fishing line or something, something where they just, someone's, someone's just jerking it off. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, while they were shooting the, the scene where Lewis and Aunt Bethany arrive at, at the house, uh, a minor earthquake happened. Really? How about that? As, that was that from IMDb, too? It sure was. Damn it. Uh, you caught me. Don't know. I don't know if I can believe anything on there. Could have been the cameraman farting. Who knows? Yeah, the, the, the moment where... The moment where Eddie licks the the Jello mold or the Jello off of, off her, of her finger, finger is particularly disturbing. Yeah, and I her mean, look 
right she's after. Just like, <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I as I like okay, I've lived in Japan now for uh, about four and a half years. I was here during the Great Tohoku earthquake of 2011. Mm. Went through that whole thing, um, and. From what I can see on Twitter and the news and stuff like that, when earthquakes happen in California, which of course this is where that, this was mm-hmm. filmed on a back lot in, yeah. at Warner Brothers, when earthquakes happen in California, people freak. Dude, I lived. Out. I lived in Sacramento for two years, and never once <clears throat> did I feel an earthquake. Been here for three weeks and I felt like ten. Yeah, <laughs> like there. That's I've Japan. Woke up, gone to take a piss, and as I'm paying. <laughs> and they're all oh they're always small but like every yeah. once in a while you'll hear about some earthquake hitting like you know san fran or, or yeah. los angeles yeah. or something like that and people lose their shit and it's like you know it's like a four magnitude or something yeah. and they're just like the interstate's backed up for hours that's it earthquake done like, everybody's leaving everyone's yeah people freaking out and stuff like that and here it's like if you don't have an earthquake every week and some I mean it's, something's wrong. That's right. It messes with your like, you know, your balance in yeah. life. Your yeah. equilibrium's all off. It's like, no, I, the world has to shake to, yeah. you know. But yeah. Now this part when he goes when he carves into the turkey, what does this remind you of? Uh can because I, I have a specific thing it reminds me of when the when the Let me the let me see. So open. he's about he's about to cut into this turkey and it pops open. Um, something from maybe from an alien movie. I feel like because at at the point in time when when I was old enough to properly enjoy this movie, I had seen Alien. Okay, and right. that scene, it's hard for me to eat turkey on Christmas <laughs> because of this scene. Because I'm like, that is an alien egg sac. You're all going to die. That's it. That's it. That's There's a, a dog xenomorph a- running around right now. <laughs> A turkey's and a more done. <laughs> <Turkey's anamore. laughs> Just... Oh man, this is this is a, a podcast, so people can't see all the crazy like <laughs> thrashing and arm waving you're doing. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah the the quiet scene with no score <sighs> of the family chewing just on crunchy chewing. turkey is just is that a Christmas cactus. What the fuck is that? Was that I didn't know. I've never noticed that before. I'm like Eddie just eating the potatoes right off the serving spoon. Yep, classy. Oh. Rocky looks so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, kitty, don't. No. This makes me really sad. No, I'm kitty. I'm a cat owner and a cat she, lover. She looks like she looks like my cat. Yeah, she looks like a mix between our our cats. Your cat and my cat. Yeah. yeah. What so <laughs> the cat food jello. Oh my god, it's got And he's like it's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, um so your cat is a what what is what breed is your cat? My cat <coughs> is a Oh, what it it's a rat. Is it a ragdoll? It's she's she's part ragdoll, Norwegian uh, forest cat. Norwegian. She's a Norwegian forest cat. Okay. So her, like, unlike Kiki, your guy's cat, she's not as thick furred, but her fur is super long. Right. Like it drags across the ground. Right. Right. Her. So our cat Kiki is a uh, is a golden chinchilla Persian. Right. Um, and she's and she's purebred. Um, so yeah, like 
it's kind of a blend between kind of a blend because your cat is totally white solid white white. so she actually has we can't tell yet but we think that she has either visual or hearing problems oh no but well all any any animal that is completely white or albino oh okay um, yeah typically has that but that makes her more unique and special with her weird meowing and her her strange behavior yeah, well, she's uh, super sweet. She's just kind of she's weird. Kiki's weird. Kiki's weird too. She doesn't really meow. She just squeaks. Kind of dumb. <laughs> she, she, kinda, no, she's real dumb. She's she real dumb. She's real dumb. <laughs> I, I often tell Jessica that she has a peanut brain, and by that I don't mean like a full peanut with shell. I mean like half of one, like just one of the to, peanuts to within the shell. To quote an old Dave Barry article, a BB rattling in a tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> God that's... bless Dave Barry. <laughs> Jesus, that's funny. Um, man, I them cleaning up this trash, I feel their pain. We have right. a neighborhood cat or two that if you put a trash bag out for like more than 20 minutes, it is it's everywhere. Into. It is everywhere. You I, can't put trash outside. Dude, the what was it? It was I got I got a little bento from 7 that had like mm-hmm. a hot, a hot dog in it. Yeah. I'm like I ate everything, but I was like, oh, I can't eat this hot dog. I ate too much. So I tossed it in the, you know, the burnables or whatever. Put that out there. Man, dude, that thing was torn to shreds and thrown Mm -hmm. across the yard. Yep. I feel their pain. Ridiculous. Yeah. So um, this scene right here. Here it is. The scene where the cat bites on the Christmas light cord and gets electrocuted. This was almost cut from the movie. I can see why. They, it's pretty brutal. So before the first test screening, the studio executives wanted the scene taken out because they were afraid it might offend some people. But the producer, Maddie Simmons, who we saw on the People magazine cover earlier, mm-hmm. begged them to leave the scene in. And I mean, it's funny. If it, yeah, it's funny. Um, but they eventually gave in to the request. And uh, after the first test screening, the test audience had scored the cat electrocution scene as their number one favorite scene throughout the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean what were movie audiences like in 1989 that that's their like in a movie that has so much good stuff the cat electrocution is the best scene people from 1990 or 1989 y'all got issues that's y'all no, got issues yeah no doubt that is totally I totally mean true. well the, thinking about like callbacks to to I mean I guess the movie you reviewed last week Gremlins there's some like like brutal like, there's some gross creature and animal yeah. scenes yeah like, there's some that was gross stuff in, in the it. 80s uh, this this movie did this actually manage to get a uh pg-13 rating did Is, it I, I i'm not sure uh, maybe it, i want to say pg-13 because they dropped the f-bomb once yes there's it is one PG-13. F-bomb. yeah that's right that's so right they get their one and that was it that's right this is a pg-13 very movie. well but even then like i, I feel that this movie is even as a PG-13, I feel like it's even tamer than Gremlins, which was yeah. a PG. And again, we talked last week. We talked was about that movie a PG film. <laughs> it was. It was before. There's decapitation in it. That's true, but it was before the PG-13 rating existed. Oh, okay. Actually, it and what was the other movie? Oh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were the two movies that came out that that summer. The summer of '84, mm-hmm. summer of '84, I think. That um, that kind of pushed the MPAA to to create the in-between rating and Lewis is on fire. Oh yeah. The, uh, so he lights his, his cigar and I guess the, the shit gas causes, is Is it, it? 
Is it, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I th- I think they're trying to explain the tree just being combustible because it's a tree and it has tinsel and, yeah, okay. and popcorn on it. Yeah. But it wouldn't go up that fast. I mean, I let's go get a Christmas tree and let's 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 test this theory. Yeah. I, well, I, it, it's weird to me because I feel like my 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 instinct in that scene, or like as I'm watching that scene, the scene immediate. I think it's immediately prior to that uh-huh. is the one where they take the burned chair outside. Yeah. And we see that like the the gas is like bubbling up in the mm-hmm. sewer, and there's like green light and stuff like that. And then the very next scene, he's standing next to the tree and lights a cigar, and it. it yeah, but he had he had out. already lit it, and he was puffing on it for a good second. I don't know. I don't know the science behind ass gas, but oh, there's no science. <laughs> there's no science to this movie whatsoever. But uh, I, I feel like you mean, as they, far did, as they didn't have a, a team of of. Of, of gas specialists working on this film to know whether or not shit gas explodes and makes makes mm. decorations fly through the air like a magical Santa Claus. <laughs> the budget isn't that high for this movie. <laughs> um, that that makes that's uh, that makes me wonder how much they spent on this movie. How much did they spend? The budget for this movie was twenty five million dollars. Okay, that's that's a God, that's about fair. Man, I guess I don't know. I mean, they don't make movies like this anymore. Like it's a kind of a common. A common idea that the thirty million dollar movie is dead. Yeah, because it's just sad, man. It God, is that's so, so much sad. money. Like I feel like I could get together a group of people to make a film comparable to some of this stuff. It is, but a thirty million dollar movie For is just like middle of the road, safe movie yeah. that that will make its money back. You if you give it a wide enough release and you right. give it a fair, you know, a fair marketing shake, uh, then it's going to make its money back. But movies don't work like that anymore. Yeah. Every movie's a tentpole. Every movie wants to be the biggest movie. And then you've got like award season movies, which has kind of been going on right now. It's yeah. award season's almost over, you know, it's we're at the end of the year. Um but you know, besides summer summer blockbusters, you've got beginning of the year movies, which are all garbage. It's the yeah. dump. And then you've got summer movies, which are all tent poles, and, and then, then you've you got have fall ter- terrible oh, yeah, Halloween t- movies. Yeah, usually. I have not st- God man, horror movies are just getting worse and worse. The Babadook. Yeah, that is, movie was pretty The Babadook intense. is great. It was pretty it's intense. It's really great. Except for the stock raptor sounds. God <laughs> damn it. Why? I'm glad that you've got that out there. That uh, now the world knows that you really hate the stock dinosaur sound. I hate it. It's I just, hate, well, th- for me, that's like, and I hate to, to really sidetrack here, but. No, it's fine. But for, for me, like, I recognize, I have an ear for recognizing sound effects and melodies from certain things. You do. I, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. But. That is the exact sound they use for the alien that comes out of the pod in a South Park episode. <laughs> the exact sound is the sound the Babadook makes. No, I, I and like I, I it's like the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, like I get that. Like I can see how that's that's really ir- irritating. I, I, we bought uh, uh, a little like f- uh, like a Famicom, like a, an NES machine that plays NES games that actually has games. it's got quote unquote eighty eight quote unquote games on it. And you were playing through like these shitty, f- terrible little games, and you're like, "Oh, this music is actually from this other Mickey Mouse game from, that's much from better. this really obscure Capcom licensed Disney game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, so you definitely have an ear for that kind of stuff. So I understand that. I love this. Did you scene. hear anything kind of weird in this movie? Any weird sound effects? Um, I don't think I was really listening for it. I I think I was more focused on trying to remember this film because I I we watch it like every year, but. Half the time I'm like warm and cozy and dozing with mm. some hot chocolate. 
So in this scene, what has happened? I love the eggnog. He's like, it's good. It's it's (laughs) It's good. good. (laughs) It's good. In in this scene, (laughs) in this scene, the uh, the company messenger has brought what he thinks is his bonus check. When in real life, it's a pile of shit. Yeah, it's basically it's a jelly of the month. Big old finger and an envelope. And this this scene right here is one of the greatest emotional breakdowns in film history ever. Where's the Tylenol? And he uses 30 words to describe his boss, Mr. Shirley. Yeah. And they're 30 glorious words. Holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I love this. He's just outside with the chainsaw with that, now that I, Chevy Chase face. Now, I don't understand why he didn't come out with the hockey mask on right now. Because right. he came out earlier with the hockey mask on. I think I think maybe the director realized that his crazy face is scarier than any. Look at that! I mean, look <laughs> at that! Like to his own son, he's like, "Back up, or I will cut you down." <laughs> this is my tree. You know, that face reminds me of like. Did Did you ever watch Cannibal the Musical? Yes, or of course. Yeah, the crazy faces that Trey Parker makes. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, they are very similar expressions. That wide eyed kind of. Goofy just, grin. Just, he is lost in his own world. Yeah. You know, in some parallel dimension, Chevy Chase played an amazing Joker. Oh. Yeah. I went there. Oh, he would have. He would, I think he would have. Or, or, or maybe a Riddler. Either I a fe- Joker I feel or a like, and God rest his soul, I feel like he could have done a good job in like the one hour photo like Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like in that kind of role. Because Chevy... Creepy Chevy Chase. It seems like all of these kind of guys, like these old comedy... At least with Bill Murray. That's the mm. one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Jim Carrey's done it too. But these yeah. comedic actors that decide to take dramatic turns... Yeah. And they usually do amazing jobs. They do. Comedy... They, they do. Comedy's harder than drama. I'm, Com- I'm, I'm comedy saying Comedy is it. harder than a lot of stuff. Yes, Trust me, that's Com- what I'm trying to do. It's I mean, not yeah, easy. exactly. The thing about the, I mean, the thing that I and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but the thing about doing comedy the right way is mm-hmm. that you have to understand drama yeah. in order to spin that into comedy, right? Because from drama you get tragedy, and from tragedy you get comedy. That's mm-hmm. just that's, that's just how, it, how works. it works. That's the prog- that's the progression of things. So any great comedian. May you may not not see it in their career ever. They may never you know bust it out, but they're a great dramatic actor. Yeah. They've got to be. They've yeah. got to at least understand drama. Well, it it makes me curious how far of an acting career that Chevy Chase could have had if exactly. he had pursued exactly. things like that. Because he's not bad. He doesn't break the illusion of his character yeah. at all in exactly. this film. So, like, I mean, yeah, he's typecast because he's Chevy Chase. Right. But what would what would his one hour photo have been what right. what would his you know eternal sunshine of the spotless mind have been what would his uh what's what's a uh, uh, broken Uh-oh. flowers or lost in translation yeah, what no. what would that have been i i really want to know uh-oh but instead we get community which is good enough <laughs> and we get a squirrel and a christmas tree oh this is great oh this part this was my favorite part as a kid was it yeah and, and- it's making a squeaky sound <laughs> it's a dump truck what <laughs> This, that line, Lewis's line there, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant to 10-year-old me was the funniest shit yeah. I had ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, you can picture your imagination skyrockets from that. <laughs> Just like, oh, God. What an analogy. <laughs> so oh, this, there it is. 
Yeah, so they use an actual squirrel in a lot of these and scenes. And that squirrel apparently is Superman. Because yeah. he just leapt from that and glided without any flying squirrel wings. He's well, I don't see, and this and this is another thing. Freaking out about rodents. Uh passe. Come on. Yeah. I think squirrels are cute. Now see, they could have done this scene even better if they were all in the kitchen standing on chairs. <laughs> Every single one of them. Yeah. That would have been even funnier. That would have been funnier. Uh, yeah, I had a friend uh, growing up who actually had two squirrels at one point in a cage, and they were they were great. Me and one of my friends rescued a squirrel and named him Baby Cramdar. Baby Cramdar? Cramdar. Well, from Wonder Shows, and there was a baby that was supposed to be the Antichrist. And his oh. name was Cram... Oh, hell, Cramdar. <laughs> you were like, this, this is the cutest little thing I've ever held in my hands, Cramdar. Yeah, um, the squirrels that, that my friend had... One had an amazing name, one had a terrible name. Okay. So the terrible name was Nutty. Okay. And the amazing name was Nutmeg. Okay. I mean, Nutmeg is a, is an amazing name for a squirrel. Yeah. But Nutty is a lazy name. <laughs> um, I'm going in with them. <laughs> it's like it's some war. And everyone leaves, and suddenly Lewis is asleep in the chair, just- and Bethany's just... Still doing knitting. her thing. What is she even doing? Did she see her? Did you see her like smacking her knitting needles? Like that was gonna fix them. That that right there. The 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 Hitchcock. <laughs> Zoom in on the face. Squirrel. <laughs> That's like the most dramatic scene in this movie. Yeah, the the squirrel on the back gag is. It's pretty, and this is—I mean, this has devolved into straight-up Benny Hill. Yeah, like it's just—it's just a mob of people running around the house away from a squirrel, and things are getting broken. God, man, I hate this dog so much right now. <laughs> you know why? Why wouldn't they leave uh, him the out? China in the China cabinet. Oh God! Why wouldn't they leave him out in the camper? I have no idea. Doesn't that seem reasonable? It does seem reasonable. Maybe it's too cold. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, if it's cold, then. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and also, <laughs> here's another thing. Why would you name your dog Snot unless you knew he had the... the? Maybe he had it from birth. I don't Maybe know. The, the sinus thing. I feel like we're getting way too analytical of a National Lampoon film. Uh, <laughs> nope, squirrel and dog. Done. All right, bye, yuppies. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's your two seconds for the moment. And Gone. Yeah. <laughs> So where does she come in from? Because that's the front door that we're seeing, and she walks in from from uh, the right of the it's frame. The garage. It's obviously the garage. Do you not know the the mapping of their house already? <laughs> You've seen it in a couple scenes. <laughs> oh my god! So I mean, yeah, the the I guess the most chaotic that this movie is going to get has already happened. Um. Is, does anything even crazier happen? I mean, the SWAT team. Oh, my God. That's right. We've got the SWAT. Okay. Everybody's singing and jolly at that moment, and then the SWAT team busts into the house. So we don't we're, – we're we're in the last – we just got the F-bomb. Yep. Um, so we've got about 10 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Oh. And the last things that are going to happen is that uh, Eddie is going to bring Mr. Shirley – Tied up in his pajamas with a ribbon. With a bow. With a big-ass bow. Just like Clark said. Yep. Because just like we said, we said the last 30 minutes or so of this movie, like when the when all of, when I guess when Aunt Bethany and, and Uncle Lewis show up is really when it starts to become a... Turn into the Christmas it movie. It turns into it the Christmas movie that it, that it, it aspires to be. So 
the things that people say, the things that Clark says affects Eddie, that he goes off and he decides to get Mr. Shirley as a Christmas present for Clark so he can tell him off and, you know, mm-hmm. tell give him a what for and all that kind of thing. Uh, and then you've got all of the stuff that's been built up to with the gas in the sewer right. and, and all that kind of thing. It, it actually ends up kind of coming together in, mm-hmm. in a somewhat significant way. Um, but then if you if you go back through the movie and you find all like we've talked about this entire time, if you try to find all of the moments that don't actually affect the story in any way, it's most of the movie. It's most of it. Yeah. Most of the movie is when you get right down to it, just a bunch of skits. Now, now we were talking about the scene where he's up in the attic and uh, I, yeah, I did want to mention the film. this. Yeah. This scene is probably a little more heartwarming than that, in my opinion. I, I think that this scene a is father son bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. and and this is the, the one maybe the only other really schmaltzy thing that we get mm-hmm. in the movie. But I think that this scene is actually enhanced by the scene with him in the attic watching the okay. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when he's watching those movies, everything seems perfect. You know, it's captured in such a way that that it doesn't seem like anything's wrong. He's got except for Uncle Lewis smacking his. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) But we've all got those uncles, right? Um, So he's watching this movie, and the movie itself is kind of like an example of nostalgia goggles, where you remember things through rose-colored glasses and all that kind of stuff. And then as he's talking to his dad, his dad is like, it was always like this. It was always a mess. It was but in the video. It's it doesn't seem really. that way. You know, you remember those things fondly, but it's always like this. It's always chaotic. Maybe not, you know, squirrel in the house chaotic. Right. Maybe not broken windows chaotic. Not broken gutters and windows and flaming trees. And- but this is a heightened reality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a National Lampoon's movie, so it's certainly. So are you heightened. saying? That the film in the attic was more hyper-realistic than this film? Uh, perhaps. Maybe he was looking into another dimension. Probably. But, I, would, uh, I, I mean, we can only assume. National Lampoon's thinking about those kind of things when they make their movies. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of sweet because his, his dad ends up saying, yeah, it's, it was always like that, but we always, I always right. made it work, and I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels is how he puts yeah, it. Yeah, no, which, uh, which is, in my opinion, a very sweet scene, and it's a, it's a very relatable scene to a lot of people, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Except I don't, I don't know. Alcohol's never. I don't know. I guess alcohol now as an adult kind of drives holidays along. I think it's. I oh, think it it's helps. that like twenty-one to like maybe thirty-five range where alcohol is a staple part of your holiday yeah. experience. That's uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it kind of greases the cogs a bit. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And greases the the stress. It's really cogs. cold outside. Got a lot of stuff to do after this vacation. Yeah, that's over. right. <laughs> The world is trying to kill us because it's too cold to live. So let's drink a lot and stay really close together and eat too much food and see if we can live to the see spring. See if we can make it. See if we can make it to the spring. <laughs> oh man. Um. So we he he does finally get to tell his boss off. Um. And he's not as mean as I thought he would be. I was gonna say that like he doesn't really tear into him, which I think is maybe reflective of how. Fast, his boss kind of like realizes like oh man i was an asshole yeah yeah it's like man i fucked up it's like all these people are like counting on this one dude and i love how he calls him the little people <laughs> which it's, you know it's the little people like you exactly that, it just really shows matter. how how kind of out of touch he really is mm-hmm. but i like how compassionate his wife ends up being 
Like yeah. when he tells her when she comes in, she's like, "You did what?" <laughs> it's like what a what a lousy way to save a buck or whatever yeah. it is she says. So that that's that's kind of nice because she and we just got kind of a, a small scene with her calling the police, you know, mm-hmm. setting up the SWAT team coming, uh, where she, you know, tells the police that uh, that her husband has been kidnapped, right. And she describes Eddie, and she says, like, he was a, a hulking man, a beast. A hulking, beasting man wearing a blue leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If I was the cop on the other end, I'd be like, is this a is this a prank? Look at his undershirt. Oh, my God. It, it's Are those flowers or butterflies? I'm I gonna, think those are butterflies. butterflies. I think they're butterflies. Where did he get that shirt, and how for a man? <laughs> <laughs> So he he gives him his bonus, but he gives it to him plus twenty percent of mm-hmm. of whatever it was last year. Sounds awesome. Twenty plus twenty percent of anything is is awesome. Is, that's that's great. Unless it's a debilitating and horrible disease. I mean, if you have to, if you're installing an an in ground pool, and your bonus will ostensibly cover that, it makes me wonder how big the bonus is really, because putting in a pool is no. No simple task. No, or, an in-ground pool. Cheap. Uh, an in, and putting installing an in-ground pool is minimum ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty nine. Well, right. Minimum ten thousand. Well, to, and also to think like you have to get permission from the city and figure out oh, whether yeah, or not right. what like, what kind of lines have, are running lines are running yeah. underneath your yard and and shit like. I I can't believe we're talking about National Lampoon's Christ, Christmas Vacation in this context. Well, we've we've been doing better, it this whole time. He's got to contact the Trevor city. Chase is he's looking into sure another dimension. No, no gas lines and <laughs> oh man, until oh, a good night and then and then he they break the rest of the windows the the windows that, that were, were already broken. broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So that's that's twice this holiday season that they'll have to replace those windows. Okay, now, is it because she's rich that she got the SWAT team? Um, maybe, maybe because her husband's I, important. I guess I don't know because I'm kind of like thinking the scenario of if you call the cops and tell them someone's been kidnapped, they're probably gonna send maybe a squad car or two. Yeah, over, ask a couple of questions, like, to try and figure out what's not send an entire freaking squad. Why, unit. why like, did they break into the neighbor's house? <laughs> Because they're yuppies. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, and fuck those people too. And fuck, and fuck the neighbors. <laughs> oh, this is great. With her grabbing uh, Clark's penis. <laughs> his yeah. crotch here. And, uh, did, she's did, just cupping. <laughs> did she Did she shake hands yet? Because she's she's cupping. I think she's, she's about to. She's cupping his balls and she's going to shake someone's hand and then like go right and back go to right cupping back. his balls. It's wonderful. Right it's, here. <laughs> it's a really good moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's Welcome it. To our, uh, shake, <laughs> and then right back to the balls. Oh, it's good. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, we're we are closing in on the the last the last minutes of this you, movie. You notice before anything happens, the policemen are already drinking eggnog. I did not notice. Look, that. Right in the background. That's. <laughs> if I had a rubber hose, I would be What you. is that? What what I don't where know. did that come from? I don't know. What a vicious police chief. That's low, man. If I had a rubber hose, I would beat you. I would beat you to death with it. What? <laughs> I, I I didn't look him up, but I feel like maybe he's he, maybe he was kind of a known comedic actor or something. He's not the, he's not the guy from RoboCops. I know that. No, I know he's not. <laughs> um yeah, that's a that's a really weird line to give yeah. just a 
just a I will beat you with a rubber, rubber hose. <laughs> the only time I've ever heard that line is in the movie Waiting when when uh uh what's his name is doing the Forrest Gump impression. Oh, is it Luis Guzman or No, 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 no. no. It's it's the this it's like not Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, okay. that's who it is. Not not a uh, Justin Long, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh and so the the payoff to all of the the you know the shit in the sewer and the methane gas there and all is, that stuff is right here where Lu- I mean Lewis is dead. <laughs> he's got he's got to be he's dead. dead. He's just dead. He's dead. He is too old to survive that. There is no more abuse that nope, we have to fine. suffer no, at the hands of fine. Uncle Lewis. He's fine. And uh, <laughs> Aunt Bethany singing the national anthem. Of the United States of America, she loves America. She must because that her her prayer for dinner was the Pledge of Allegiance. The Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. And then everybody joins in. What a wonderfully like offbeat way to end a Christmas movie, right? With no, it's people. pretty fantastic. And there's there's all the police <laughs> and the police. They're taking off their hats and singing the, the national like, anthem. Join their party too. Yeah, like, it's, like, just it's like, all it's all okay. cool. Everybody's invited. <laughs> I love the way it corkscrews around. It's great. Play, play ball. <laughs> that little look at the end, play ball, and she Yay. like like turns her head. Oh, yeah, it's so the, cute. The policemen are all part of the party. Look at Eddie in the well, background. Yeah, oh I was God, about to say. Eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's possessed by possessed. the Christmas spirit. All right, and and right after the kiss, this this movie ends in the most abrupt fashion that I could imagine. Really, I didn't it's, notice it's, it ending it's so, so abruptly. to me. Okay. It rubs me the wrong way. So he, he looks to the camera. I did it. Oh, that's right. That's right. What did he do exactly? Uh, uh, he got he he had Christmas. I did it. Yeah, he had Christmas. The end. The end. Like, okay. This is the, the more way. awkward thing to me. They cut back to him. And he is just staring. And he just stares that that thousand yard stare into the night. And then we see everybody else is inside, and we see the dog is in front of him, Mm -hmm. and it keeps pulling out. And this is a long pull. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking that this scene was going to be. Mm -hmm. Remember when Eddie talked about how the dog wants to like hump people's legs? Oh, you think that that's what it was gonna be? I think that's what it was gonna be. Okay, and that he's like looking up, and then the dog is just on him, getting it. So. It's best to just let him finish. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I, I can't see it very well behind the behind the credits. I mean, he's just standing there. He's, I mean, the dog was outside because he attacked the yuppie woman. But yeah, I guess nothing's really happening. It, it, that is kind of an awkward ending. It is. It's it rubs me the wrong way because it's it's quick. I did it. End. The end. Like yeah. they they say it. Like how many movies do they actually say the end on it? Uh, in '89, they probably still probably were too doing many. it. Yeah, they were probably too still many. doing it. Or, or Finn. <laughs> Finn. Um, actually, I said at the beginning of this movie, I was talking about the the animated intro. Mm-hmm. This the third movie to do it in 1989 was Troop Beverly Hills. Okay. So okay, the three were Christmas Vacation, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and Troop Beverly Hills. But now, yeah, that was it. Did yeah. you do you like the movie? I love I love that movie. I do. I, I like mean, it a lot. It's it's not a great film. It's not like no. you could uh yeah, I don't know. My three favorite films are probably The Godfather, Pulp Fiction, and uh, Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> like 
So, well, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, Where dude. can we find your stuff? One more time. Uh, at twoplayermedia.com or YouTube backslash twoplayermediatube. That's twoplayermediatube. Or you can find me on Twitter at thechondroid. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at dustycramcram, or you can find the popcorn poops at popcorn poops. So please follow us and, and, and keep your eye on us. Now that we've reached the end of the movie, we'd like to read a five-star review that we received on iTunes. However... We still don't have any five-star reviews on iTunes to read. I mean, we've got some, but we already read all of them. So please leave us. Did, you, did us you read mine already? I did. Because I, I haven't been listening since. I did t- two oh, weeks okay. ago. So this is two weeks that we haven't had a five-star review to read. Yes, i got to write another five-star review <laughs> for the show I, prefer, I just participated I prefer, in. I prefer you didn't, but I mean, if, if Not you Not anymore. <laughs> Um, if you'd like to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we'd really, really appreciate it. And if it's a five-star review, we'll even read it on the show. At this point, if it's not a five-star review, we might consider reading it as well. So just, I guess, be honest. I didn't see anything lower than five stars. Not though. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Somebody's going to hate me. They're going to be like, when that Connor <laughs> guy came on this show, turned to shit. As always, you can find us on our website at popcornpoops.com. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook if, you, if you'd like to receive updates about the show, including our weekly movie still identification game. If you have a question, comment, or movie request for us you can reach us on our social media outlets or by emailing us at thepopcornpoops at gmail.com next week we'll be watching and talking about Brian Henson's 1992 film The Muppet Christmas Carol if you have any questions about that movie or related topics you'd like us to discuss please contact us through social media or email thanks for listening and until next time take care bye guys we are the popcorn poops Hi, I'm Mike White. And I'm Rob St. Mary. And we're the hosts of the Projection Booth Podcast. If you haven't heard of the Projection Booth, that's okay. But we think it's time that you have. We've been doing this for over three years now. And we think we're doing a pretty good show. Every week we look at a different film and put it in context. We try to bring you interviews with the people behind the films. Or experts on a subject matter covered in the film. We don't specialize in any one particular genre or type of film. We try to examine every aspect of cinema. From every corner of the globe. Even at three years, we barely just scratched the surface. But we're ready. We're ready for you to listen to us. That's right. Now's the time to give us a shot. Download us through our free smartphone app. Or through Stitcher, iTunes, Geek Juice Radio, Jackalope. Or our website. Projection-booth.com. We'll keep making great shows. Now it's your turn to listen to them.